Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Hosting the presence by grace. Now, we all know that everything in Christian life starts with grace. That's everybody goes there in Ephesians chapter 2. And after rereading this scripture, we're going to pray. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace... You have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is not a result of works. So then no no one may boast. Bow your heads once again. Father, I want to pray for revelation. Pray that our the eyes of our hearts be open to see the light of the gospel. And as grace is revealed once again, as our face It's uncovered, unveiled. Let us behold your glory once again. And let us be transformed from this degree of glory to another degree of glory, God. Let us have your presence hosted, not only in our services, but also in our lifestyle. And I pray that you fill this room with this manifested presence. We pray in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. So, as anything in Christian life, worship also starts with grace. The more one understands grace, mercy, love, more worshiper he becomes, she becomes. It is the grace of God that fuels, that is the fuel of our worship. If grace is the fuel... Worship is the incense, is the perfume, is the fire that burns. Are you guys with me? Now, let's make a brief review. What is worship, Pastor, and why we actually worship? Worship is this undivided devotion. It is all your heart, including your express, your display of love to God. It's you putting God in the highest place in your life. God sits in the throne of your heart and no one else, nothing else. Fame, money, work, service, social media followers, whatever, once you dispute that place, has no space because God sits in that throne. Now, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus admonishes us saying that no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God and money and fame and power and position and jobs you cannot serve worship God in something else because the definition of worship is undivided devotion now, there's a very interesting story in the Bible that we find in 2 Kings chapter 17. The people of Israel is now divided in northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom was conquered by this superpower called Assyria. And they have a very interesting strategy to dismantle rebellion. They will bring to that area, conquer, different foreigners to live there. So 
because they were not acquainted with the, the land, they will not feel comfortable enough to be thinking on a rebellion. Very smart. Very smart. So they would change people from place to place and establish their uh, uh, power and start to uh, 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 charge them tributes. And, and that's how they did it. However, when they tried to do that with the northern part of Israel, um, the, the foreigner people that start to live there start to have a problem. Because they were going to the grocery store and they will become the grocery. Yeah, let me explain this better. So they were looking for their favorite fast food chain restaurant, but they became junk food of lions and beasts. That's exactly what the Bible says. That suddenly lions and beasts start to enter the land and eat the people. So they, they were really afraid to live in that land. So they wondered, maybe there's something wrong with the God of this land. So they sent letters to the Assyrian king and said, look, king, we have a problem here. We have these beasts and lions eating our people and what we're supposed to do. The Assyrian king, as a mystical and syncretistic man, he says, yes, probably the god of the land is mad. I know what to do. I'll bring to the land where you guys are, to this new residence, the, a priest a priest of the former people that used to live there. So the Syrian king sent actually Jehovah, Yahweh, priest to help the new residents to learn how to worship God. But this is not worship. Because if there is divided devotion, it's not worship. And the story tells us this. I'm reading the New Living Translation that says, And though they worship the Lord... Yahweh, they continue to follow, they continue to serve their own gods according to the religious customs of the nations from which they came. Now, I'm, I'm Brazilian and I bring within my culture this syncretistic Christianity, very mixed it up Christianity. And I saw this in families all around where I was raised up. That people say, but I'm a Christian, but I bow before an idol. I'm a Christian, but I really serve my career and my, and my money. And this, again, this is this mixed up Christianity is not a worship. We cannot call this worship. Verse 34, and this is, is still going on today. They continue to follow their former practices instead of truly worshiping the Lord. Absolutely, this is not a worship. Because it's divided devotion, your attention, admiration, your uh, uh, praises receives division. Now, people say, no, Pastor, but, you know, this is just a matter of culture. This is just something that we Latinos bring it up. Or, oh, I just was raised in my Catholic background. There's no problem at all. No, no, there is a problem. Because this is exactly what is being passed on to family to family. The Lord says in verse 35, do not worship any other gods or bow before them or serve them or offer sacrifices to them. But worship only the Lord who brought you out of Egypt with great strength and powerful arm. Bow down to him alone. Everybody says alone. So God is holy. He doesn't mix it up. He doesn't walk together with lower G gods. 
You must not worship other gods. Verse 38, do not forget the covenant I made with you and do not worship other gods. And the text ends, verse 39, you must worship only the Lord your God. He is the one who will rescue from all your enemies. So this explains a lot why there are people being defeated by the same enemies in his life, family, career, addictions over and over because there is a mix it up, praise and worship there, which by the way is not worship at all. It's not true worshiping. And again, it passes on, guys. This is not neutral. Don't think that this, is, this passes to the next generation. Look, verse 40. But the people would not listen and continue to follow their former practices. So while these new residents worshipped the Lord, they also worshipped their idols. And to this day, their descendants do the same. So, guys, let us teach our children what true worship means. God is you alone. He's not uh, my status quo. It's not fame, it's not money, it's not my career. It is all about you, Jesus. Why we worship? We worship because we were created for that. Isaiah 43, 21, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. Worship is for what God is, not necessarily for what He does. And this is, this is a secret. This is why... Uh, uh, some people miss the point of worship because they forget who God is. And their relationship with God is always in the basis of bargaining with God. It's always in the basis of exchanging favors with God. When actually the very definition of God is this selfless, totally altruistic, no repay back. I don't require anything. I am pure love. Let me prove that to you. First John chapter 4. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Everybody says, God is love. Come on, say it again to the neighbor that was sleeping. Say, God is love. If you, didn't miss, if you miss everything from the service, God is love. That's, that's what you need to be reminded. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. When I was thinking on this theme to preach... I was wondering what actually we can give God. The only thing we can actually give God is worship. When we pray, we cast our worries on Jesus. We are blessed. When we give in the church, we give because He gave from His own hands. And we're sowing blessings that He gave us first. And now we are reaping prosperity that He will bless us. But when our worship is not about me or we, it's all about Him. And that's what we can give Him. Now, if it is a loving relationship, because God is love, and worship implies in a loving relationship, it must be expressed. Someone said that worship is our love expressed to God as a response to His grace toward us. I'll repeat. Worship is our love expressed to God as a response to His grace toward us. We're taking care of two babies in our house this weekend. And they are extremely ungrateful. Because we feed them. We take care of their fear in the middle of the night. And 
um, they complain all the time, and we're still taking care of them, and I can't hear from their mouth even a single thank you. <laughs> Obvious, because they are one year old and, how much, and, and four months old. So they can't say thank you. However, when the four months old giggles and smiles and express back to us, we forget about everything. And we continue taking care of them. And one year old, you know, do the same. He can't speak. You guys know what I'm talking about. They can't speak back, but they can express back some gratitude. Our worship should express God's worth. If grace is the fuel, our worship is the incense, is the expression of His grace. It's not worship if it's not love, and it's not love if there is no expression involved. I say this because there are people that count with his 25 years ago expression of love to keep his marriage. Let me remind you, my friend, it won't endure for long if you don't keep expressing love to your wife. If you rely on the vows you made in the altar that... You love her. Pastor, I don't need to tell her that I love her. I told her in the altar 25 years ago. She learned that I love her. No, but she wants to listen again. Because if it's a loving relationship, love must be expressed constantly. If we don't do that, my friend, you're going to get divorced as any NBA famous player out there. Like you have to do it. You have to express. That's why Psalm 34, the psalmist said, I will... Bless the Lord at all times. Spring, summer. It is fall or winter. All times. I will bless. I will praise. I will worship God. Cold or hot. Feeling depressed or excited. I will praise Him. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's a continual expression. Psalm 71. My mouth. Is filled with your praises and with your glory all days. Not only seasons, but every single day, all day. I decided to fill my mouth with praises and worship. And the result of that, verse 14, but I will hope continually and I will praise you yet more and more. Let me give you a spiritual principle, very important here. Spiritual life as the name says, is supernatural. It goes against the natural trend of the things. So while when you are hungry, some, some people hangry, eats, they get satisfied and they can't eat anymore the banquet that he puts before him or her. But in the spiritual life is the opposite. The more you eat from the word of God, the more you enjoy the press, the more you worship, you increase your desire to worship even more. This is amazing. But I have to admonish you that the, the principle works in the negative aspect too. If you don't come to the service, if you don't practice and fill your mouth with praise continually, you will desire less and less to praise and worship Him. So you have to apply in a constant manner, practice a lifestyle of worship. Verse 15 says, My mouth will tell of your righteous acts and your deeds of salvation all 
the day. Now, I love this. He says, for their numbers is past my knowledge. Wait a minute. I remember that in Psalm 90, the Mo when Moses wrote, he says that the max a man can get is 80 or 70. But the days are very hard when you get into the elder time in your life. So there is, like, we're all predicting somehow how long we're going to live. Just look, look back to your genealogy, to your family. You're going to probably estimate how long you're probably going to live. But this guy says that because I decided to fill my day, all day, every season with worship, I'll keep doing that beyond the days of this life. Which is obvious because this is what we are meant to be, worshipers for eternity. So it's better start the training now because this is what we're going to supposed to do for eternity. Now, again, if it is a loving relationship, it will be expressed. It cannot just be, I'm a worshiper. Yeah, what do, you, what do you mean about that? I come Sunday service. Okay, that's one step. But what, what else do you do? What else, what other expressions do you have of love? Um, I don't know, Pastor. So, Fill your life with expressions of love. Now, I always joke about this. I believe that Apple created that feature in our Apple Watch to remind us to breathe. We came to this level, right, guys? It's unbelievable. <laughs> it, but honestly, I turn into an amazing reminder of it's time to worship. By the way, because if there is air in my lungs, it's not for another reason but to worship Him. So it's better just use this feature for something really profitable right now. It's time to give a side out loud of praise and worship to God. And I'm going to give him praise, Jesus. Thank you, God. Your grace is amazing. All right, it's almost one minute. I can keep on with my day. It's simple like that. Now, you do it with your words, but we're meant to do it with our bodies as well. That's why Romans chapter 12, Paul says, I appeal, I insist, I beg you. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, which, by the way, reminds us the grace. Just if you have no reason to worship him, be reminded of his mercy. You woke up this morning. You could be dead during the night. But his mercies are renewed every morning and gave you breath of life and gave you plans to do. You are alive by his mercies. Present your bodies. As living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Which is your spiritual worship. Pastor, I don't know how to sing. So tap your feet. Start that. It's not so hard. Right? Get yourself into the tempo of the music and express something. And without even noticing, when you perceive, you're going to lift it up your hands. And that's when you start to really enjoy what worship is all about. Includes not only your lips, but your body, your hands, your feet, your heart, your whole being. Now, I didn't include it, your emotions. Because there are people that are only moved by feelings. And that's why, regardless my feelings, despite of my circumstances, I will praise even more and more. Like the psalmist says, I will do it. And out of that first step, I'll see my emotions following up. I'm not going to expect him to wake up in the morning and say, I just feel to praise God and worship him. I'm on fire. Usually, no. Usually, you are on the ice when you wake up in the morning. So, 
obvious, if it includes our body, this eventually will show up in our conduct. Worship will manifest in our lifestyle. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk. Everybody says to walk. To walk in a manner worthy. We, we value, we, we show uh, how valuable, how worth is our God by the way we walk. So yes, in a certain way, your conduct express your worship. Worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And Paul is very practical here in the next verses between verse 2 to verse 6. He talks about these expressions of worship. He speaks about humility. He speaks about gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, unity of the Spirit, in the bond of peace. All these are practical displays of worship. And now you think, okay, but I can't actually change myself, Pastor. I'm not a patience person. I'm, the last thing I am is gentle. Just ask the grocery person that attended me in the line. I'm not gentle at all. I know that my kids struggle with me bearing them in love. I don't want to bear them. I want to burial them. No, I'm sorry. I want to just, I can't. I, I'm not this person. I know, and that's where if grace is the fuel of worship, grace also is the sustainer of worship. It's what actually will change us. We transform us. That's why in verse 7, Paul says, but grace. Everybody says, but grace. but grace. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. I love when comes these expressions. It always gives me the chance to brag about myself, right? The fact that I'm bilingual. So uh, one of the beauty of knowing two languages is that. Like uh, from Portuguese and Spanish, grace is for free. Literally, like the literal translation of grace for us Latinos is for free. So it's almost like for free, for free is given. Like, what, what do you mean? It's like all free. Yeah, it is free, but it's impressive how free it is. And there's people that fails to receive. Let's talk about that. But first, let's understand the results of worship. Because if all starts with grace, is supported by grace, do you know that the first result... Of worship is more grace. I said, what do we mean about that, Pastor? I mean that when we embrace a lifestyle of worship, you receive more favor. Open doors that you cannot open. Now, I need to clarify this, okay? Favor is the most important thing a person should have in order to succeed in life. You can have the Greatest of the academic degrees a person can achieve. However, if God does not connect you with the right people in the right time, what that paper in your wall is for. You can come from this awesome family background and lineage, but if God does not bless you and your wife and your husband and your children, you can have a disrupted broken family like you need the favor of God I want the favor of God and without this favor things don't happen but when the touch of the favor of God happens suddenly 
you got a $3 million church building without even thinking about it. And you have no idea how it came to you. It just came to you. When the favor of God comes, you find the right person in the right time, bringing you the right opportunities. Now, here resides a test. For us Christians that take grace for granted, we incur in a big danger, a very serious danger here. Because now you are turning something that is a privilege of the children in an ordinary way. Let me clarify this even more. Grace, even though it's free, is for free, that's why, you know, is grace, it, it cannot be achieved by everybody. The fact that it's for free, it doesn't mean that it was cheap for God. It was so expensive for God that it carries the very essence of God. He's holy. He is set apart. It's different than anything else that the world can even understand. And people, Christians, us, that turn grace an ordinary, common thing, turn it unholy what is holy. We miss the point. Let me read that to you guys. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See that, it, that no one fails to obtain what is free, the grace of God. That no, one, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. So number one, you that think that you have the right, you as a Christian, that think that you have the right to hold that grudge, that resentment, that bitterness. Let me say something. Go back to the ABC of Christianity. Like, with all respect and love I have for you, you probably didn't get what Christianity is all about. Seriously. Now, th this is not super spiritual, profound theological concept. This is first baby step of Christianity. If you are not able to forgive, how God will forgive you? Simple like that, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says it doesn't make any sense. Do you have anything inside of this skull there? Like, it's basic Christianity. No, 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 Pastor. But she heard me. He used the wrong words. Oh, Pastor, you don't know what I have, Pastor. It doesn't matter. You were much forgiven. Now it's time to forgive. But I don't have this forgiveness. I know that. That's why his forgiveness is above everything else you can have. So you can surpass and abound, abound in forgiveness toward others. It's just like, I understand people that struggles with sexual temptation because, again, they were exposed, you know, with all kind of abuse when they were uh, little children. Or maybe you were raised, like I was raised, in a family that it was all about money and greed, and now you have a that hard time to be generous and, and freely giver, you know, like so, super. I understand that, but forgiveness, look at me, is not an optional. Forgiveness is not something profound. Forgiveness is basic Christianity, guys. Seriously. So if you still hold, nourish, water down, take care of the little tiny root of bitterness, just because I have the right to, Pastor, you miss the point. You fail to obtain the grace. Are you guys with me? You see how serious it is? Now there's a second problem. is when we take grace for granted. 
Again, like I told you, when we turn what is holy, what is a privilege, as an ordinary gift. Look what the next verse says. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. Now, let's, uh, let's go back to the story. So, we have Isaac. He had these two kids, right? These two sons. The first one is Esau. And he thinks, I'm the firstborn. <clears throat> I'm, I'm okay. I know that at the end of life, my dad was going to give me two-thirds of his inheritance. I'm chilling. I have no gratitude out of that. While the other one understands that blessing says, this is such an amazing favor. I want that grace. I want that favor. What can I do to have that? And we know Jacob's style. He just deceived his brother. And he made Esau reveal his heart. Esau just revealed that he took grace for granted. He says, this is just an ordinary thing. This is just like a family tradition that is passed on to me. I don't care about this favor. And he sold that favor, that blessing, that amazing blessing for a meal. And how many of us take grace for granted and now live a life out of God's purpose, out of God's initial design for us? I need to say that if we don't use the grace of God as a fuel for a life of worship, God will eventually bless somebody else that desires that favor. So, we believe that God is able to turn something that would take 10 years to be achieved in 5 years. Something that would take 5 years and be achieved in 1 year. Do you guys know that we are at the verge of acquiring this facility, this property? And we had set a plan for 2023, end of 2023, to start our uh, educational facility. That's our original plan. But Wednesday, 9 a.m., I signed the contract, and our daycare will start in October the 25th of 2021. <laughs> how, Pastor? How is that is even possible? I don't know. I know it's the favor of God, and I don't take it for granted. I know that is His grace upon us, and God, I don't want to turn unholy what is so holy. Oh, God, so I worship you. I praise you because I know I don't deserve. I know we do not deserve. That's why I praise him with all my heart. And and, am I sorry? If you can't worship him for all the blessings upon your life, his grace upon your life, God will eventually even pass on to somebody else. You say, no, Pastor, don't say that. Don't threaten me with that. I'm not threatening you. I'm just reading the Bible. So Jesus is coming inside of Jerusalem. The people, the fathers, the children, the kids, the mothers, they're all worshiping Jesus and praising Jesus' glory. So the religious dudes come up and says, teacher, let's go over there, Luke chapter 19, rebuke your disciples. Don't let them do that. And Jesus said this grave warning. He says, I tell you, if these were silent, even the very stones will cry out. Now you got my message already, right? Let us not lose the privilege that belongs to the children to stones, guys. Let's not lose the honor, the privilege, the amazing blessing of be true worshipers to rocks. Oh, Jesus Christ, don't let this pass from us. We will give praise to him all day long. We give him worship all day long. 
Let's, let's, learn, let's learn what they were doing. Verse 18, would you please repeat with me? Say, blessed, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Say with me, say, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Let me hear a shout of glory and praise in the house. Come on, somebody. So, if, if worship produces more favor and grace, oh, I will live a life of worship. I will live a lifestyle of worship. But also worship, like we said before in Ephesians, changes us, transforms us. And here again, uh, allow me to be uh, kind, but again, myself to you guys. Uh, nothing wrong with therapy. Nothing wrong with counseling. We are a church of discipleship. So we really believe in relationships that can really help you in the journey of growth. However, there are things that is not about counseling. It's not about therapy. It's about deliverance. And, and again, I know I can pray and lay my hands on you and, and cast out these demons. These shackles that is putting you down. But better if you self-deliver it. If you really, in words of worship, find freedom. It's very important this. Because there are areas in your life that will only be changed, not based on steps of a personal coach that you even paid the, uh, his personal page that you found on YouTube. And now you're following his. This won't change you unless you practice worship. Now the psalmist in Psalm 135 is, is telling how the worshipers of idols, the idolaters, they are similar to their gods. And he says this, the idols of the nations are silver and gold and the work of human hands. Oh, this is so true, right? Mainly here in our great country. It's all about money, right? It's all about mammon. It's all about silver and gold. And man, I am proud that I brought up this company. Yeah, it's, you think really that it was all about you? So you really worship the work of your hands, right? It's all about you. No, let us not be like the nations out there. Because they worship idols that have mouth but do not speak. Verse 16, they have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. And verse 18, bring this powerful principle. It says that those who make them be, become like them, so do all who trust worship them. So you become similar to the God you worship. When I say it again, you become alike the God you worship. So choose right who's going to sit in the throne of your heart. Because you become alike this God. This idol. So I always joke about this, and it's true that, you know, it's not by chance that dogs look alike their owners, right? Supposedly, it's because they worship their owners and not their way, other way around, right? Suppo hopefully not. Um, because in somehow there's this admiration, right? There's this, this uh, devotion to their owners. But honestly, we become alike our God. Because we worship Him. So these areas that need transformation will only be transformed and changed as you keep a life of worship. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is the Spirit. Say amen. amen. Uh, this reminds us of John chapter 4. 
that the Lord is His Spirit and His worshipers should worship Him in spirit and truth, which again is very important, even though I can have goosebumps and my emotions is stirred during worship moments, regardless of them, I'll keep worshiping. Because it's not about my emotions, it's about my spirit, it's about my heart, deeply and totally surrendered before God. It's undivided devotion to Him, even when I don't feel it. When I feel it, it's awesome, I, it's, I enjoy it, I, it's, but I don't depend on that. I don't rely on that because God is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and we all with unveiled face, without the legalism, the religiosity, and the, 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 the restraints of the law, we behold, we gaze, we, we look in amazement the glory of the Lord. And because of that, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. It's amazing when people come to you and say, you look so different. Say, what's up? Is my uh, haircut? Um, it's my, no, I don't know what's going on. Something is different from you. It seems that your eyes glow in a different way. It's because you gaze, you beh beheld the glory of God. And now that glory is embedded on you. It's engraved it on you. We become alike to God we worship. The best way. We can honor God is by expressing a life that reflects our relationship with Him. And the more we spend time with Him in His loving relationship, the more alike we become to Him. His likeness is engraved in us. Now, I have uh, three boys. One is already in heaven. I raised two teenagers, and I can't follow up with them all the time now, right? They are building their privacy uh, in a certain level, obviously. Not all the privacy that they want, but it's the one that I allow at this moment. Uh, but obviously, I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned with high school coming, their lives. I'm concerned with all this bad influence. But ultimately, I can't control and be on top of them, you know, like researching all their little things in the Internet. So I hope that in moments that I cannot be around, they can express our loving honoring, respectful relationship in their other relationships. And it's definitely going to make me very pleased, very happy. And, and I know our Father is the same in our daily lives because we not only sing in the Sunday morning, but we live a lifestyle of worship. We express this in our other relationships. Let me close with this. Worship brings freedom and Salvation. Worship increases grace. Worship brings transformation. But worship brings salvation. That's, that's what we want. That's, who, that's what the church is all about. Our salvation. You know the story. Paul and Silas, after preaching the gospel, doing the right thing, they were beaten up. And put in prison for doing the right thing. And now they had all the reasons to complain and check their Instagram and, and see Peter and John and James in Jerusalem just having the banquet and say, man, 
why we are in prison and those apostles are just chilling there. Well, this is wrong. They had all the reasons to compare themselves and complain. However, they decided to worship. They decided to sing out loud hymns of worship. You know the story, Acts chapter 17, about midnight, Paul and Silas, which by the way, in the moment in the night that is darkest, in the fever, because their bodies are broken and it's all, all broken down, or it's just burning, they were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were infested hallelujah Jesus that, that's what happens like I told you there, I agree there are so many areas that we as church can help you we are here for this too disciple you mentor you counsel you but honestly let us not counsel what needs deliverance Amen. Let us, let us not insist with areas that after giving advice and supporting and visiting, now just needs worship. Worship that opens doors and, and break the chains and unshackle people. We know that the result of that deliverance, that freedom, like we read in Ephesians, is that the prisoner, the prison manager, got very scared. He says, man, I lost my job and together I lost my life. When my, when my supervisor check it out and find this thing, he's going to just kill me. We are in the Roman culture. I will definitely be killed. Now, Paul asked him to not do that. And after being saved, at least in this life by Paul, now he asked for a greater salvation. He asked, sirs, verse 30, what must I do to be saved? Wait, wait, I just saved you, man. You were almost killing yourself. No, no, no. I mean the real salvation. And I wonder if maybe someone is going to watch us or you that is still wondering about Christianity is still there. Like you are saved. You have your bills paid, right? You are surviving. Actually, you survived 2020. So, yeah, you were saved in a certain level. But... Your heart is still craving for, how can I actually be saved? And Paul said, what I'm going to say to you today. If we believe in the Lord Jesus, we will be saved. You and your household. 